Good morning. I hope you had a great, great Christmas. Good morning. Um, I had a wonderful Christmas, uh, but it wasn't my most memorable Christmas. The Christmas I remember the best was Christmas of 1970, which um, was before some of you, but not all of you were born. Uh, at that time, my family was living in Cairo, Egypt. Uh, when my mother became pregnant with my little brother, my parents decided to have her deliver in Beirut, Lebanon, uh, because the obstetrical care was better at the time. Uh, Beirut was a beautiful modern city uh, back then before the Civil War that destroyed it. Uh, my mother's due date was in December, so my parents traveled there ahead of time, and my little sister and I went to stay with friends for a few weeks. Now, normally I can tell a 50-year-old story, and um, you know I can say whatever I want. Unfortunately, this morning, I have my mother, Marilyn Smith, here with me. <laughs> so we may have a fact-checking session over lunch today. <laughs> my brother Andy was, uh, was born December, December 17th. Uh, but he had neonatal jaundice, which made him a little bit orange. Um, so he had to stay in the hospital under UV light uh, for a few days till his bilirubin came down. But that meant my parents uh, were delayed in returning. It was unclear exactly when they'd be able to come home. Uh, my parents' friends uh, did their best to make Christmas Eve special for my sister and myself. But Christmas in someone else's home when you're missing your parents is, is a sad affair for a little kid. Waking up Christmas morning without them was a real disappointment. Sometime mid-morning, though, uh, a car pulled up, and to my sister and my, uh, mine, Joy, we, my parents stepped out holding a little bundle. Uh, so I met my little brother for the first time Christmas morning. My overwhelming disappointment turned to unbridled joy. I'll always remember that Christmas as my happiest, and I'll always remember my brother Andy as our Christmas baby of 1970. My brother's much older now. Uh, I knew him as a boy, and I now know him as a man. Christmas is a time for us to remember and celebrate the singular, miraculous Christ event of the Incarnation. With the shepherds, the angels, and the wise men, we marvel at the baby Jesus, the Word made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. But the gospel calls us into relationship not with the baby in the manger, but with the man. The fullness of Christmas is to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our hope and our Redeemer. Uh, when I was a, a boy, uh, adults used to tell me, you look just like your father. Has anyone ever had that happen to them? I'm, I'm the only one, I guess, yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> when I was little, that really, really annoyed me. Um, <laughs> You know, it was pretty clear little kids don't look like full-grown adults, and most adults don't look like, uh, look like little kids. Um, other than us both having two arms and two legs, I didn't really see much resemblance between me, a small boy, and my, my father, a, a balding middle-aged man. Um, I was too polite to say it, but I was thinking, these folks obviously are either losing their eyesight or their mind or both. Now, my father always seemed very pleased with these comments, though, so eventually I came to an alternative theory that, that these people probably realized that I looked nothing like my father, but they were just saying it to be nice. Uh, many years later, I think my theory was confirmed when someone told me, as a father, that my, uh, my older daughter, Penny, uh, looked just like me. 
Now, Penny and I are, are alike in many ways, but my children are all adopted from Kenya, so our family resemblance doesn't have much to do with physical appearance. Uh, though I don't see a whole lot of my father's likeness in me, my brother's a different story. My little brother, Andy, looks just like my father. When I see him now, in his early 50s, he reminds me so much of our father. It's not just his physical appearance, but he also has many of the same mannerisms and, uh, that my father did, as well as similar patterns of, of, of speech and thought. The father's likeness is evident in the son. Jesus calls us his brothers and sisters, and in him we can see the likeness of our heavenly father. In him we see the image of the invisible God, as he told his disciple Philip, whoever has seen Jesus has seen the Father. Our gospel reading this morning is unique. Both Matthew and Luke have accounts of Jesus' birth, and most of the rest of the gospel narratives focus on the life and ministry of Jesus as a man. But only here in Luke chapter 2 do we get a glimpse of Jesus as a boy. The story itself, though, is really a parent's worst nightmare. Uh, parents, um, have any of you ever accidentally lost your child or, or left him behind? I see some nodding heads. Yeah, you thought he was in the back seat with the other kids, and then you discover you've taken off without him. You know, that actually happens sometimes. Um, once when this little guy, my son Malachi, was a baby, we, uh, we put him in the car seat. <laughs> we forgot to put the car seat in the car. <laughs> I don't remember how far down the road we were before someone said, Where's Kai Kai? <laughs> we made a U-turn, came back, and he was there strapped in his car seat sitting in the driveway. <laughs> but can you imagine the anguish of Mary and Joseph, uh, what they must have gone through? It's bad enough to leave your kid behind, uh, but when he's the son of God, it, it must feel so much worse. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine the conversation between Mary and Joseph? You know, here God entrusted us with his only begotten son, the redeemer of the world, and then we go and lose him. <laughs> I can empathize with their situation, though. I, I was actually one of those kids who would wander off on my own. I'd get some idea in my head, and then, then off I'd go. At least once, my poor parents had to call the police to help find me. I guess the police uh, did that kind of thing back then. Um, I wasn't lost, though. I, I knew exactly where I was. Uh, and Jesus wasn't lost, either. His parents were just looking for him in the wrong places. Of course, he was in the temple his father's house, and of course he was about his father's business. Where else would he be? What else would he be doing? Of course he was discussing God's word with the teachers in the temple. What else would he be discussing? He's going to be where his heavenly father is, and he's going to be attentive to his father's word. That's who he is. He's the son of his heavenly father. And of course he's submissive to his parents. Just as the eternal logos, God the son, submits himself to God the Father within the eternal triune Godhead. So he, as the incarnate word, the incarnate son, submits himself to his earthly parents. Jesus took the form of a servant and humbled himself in submission to human authority, even to the point of death. That's who he is. That's what he does. The Father's likeness is evident in the Son. I see the family resemblance in you as well. Maybe not a perfect resemblance, but you're clearly in the same family as Jesus. 
you probably never spent three days in the temple, but here you are this morning, uh, gathered to worship the Lord together with his people. You may not have impressed anyone with your biblical understanding at an early age, but you've listened to God's word this morning. You're considering his words in your hearts right now. God calls us to submit to one another and to all in authority. We don't do it perfectly, but I see at least uh, one child or two child children here obeying their parents, more or less. And I see grown-ups here acting with obedience and respect. When I asked you to stand, you stood. When I asked you to sit down, you sat down. You've remained in your seats here while I'm talking, and, uh, and you haven't even interrupted me once. I'm impressed. Although imperfectly, you bear the family resemblance to your brother Jesus in the image of our Heavenly Father. The Father's likeness is evident in his children. How then do we go about looking more like our brother Jesus? Well, first we can dress like him. I, I don't mean that we should start wearing robes and sandals, although if you want to do that, you're more than welcome to do it. Um, our reading from Colossians this morning exhorts us to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, to clothe ourselves in love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. We're to bear with, another, with one another and forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven us. We can dress like Jesus, clothe ourselves in love. Second, we can let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. His peace is more than just the absence of conflict. His peace is the calm in the midst of the storm, the inner stillness that comes from trusting God and that results in peace with others as well. Do not be anxious about anything, Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding regard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, we can let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The words of the eternal word of God are themselves eternal. Reading and studying and meditating on the Bible are ways to help the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Another important way, though, is singing. Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. There's nothing like a song to get the words into your heart as well as your mind. To be more like our brother Jesus is to make his words our own to become like him on the inside and the outside, and to take on his mannerisms and his patterns of speech and thought. My prayer for you this Christmas tide is that you would come to know the baby in the manger as the man, as your Lord and Savior, but also as your friend and brother, and that you would see the likeness of the Father in the Son, and that you would grow in that likeness as you fully embrace your identity as a child of God, and as part of his family. Amen. Please stand with me if you would and read together uh, the words of the Nicene Creed. <clears throat> 